Welcome to the Abbot Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the novice master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed Mother, we ask you to be with us here as we stay with you in these last days of Advent. <clears throat> contemplating your holy maternity and expectant, we are expectant with you for the coming of our savior, Jesus Christ, here in a few days, once again, as that little child in Bethlehem. Blessed mother, please share with us your spouse, the Holy Spirit, so that we can have open hearts and open minds to come to know your son and all of the good things he brings to us ever more deeply, ever more fully. And we pray together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's great to be with you today. And... I, you may have noticed on the advertisements for this webinar, there's a, a picture, and it appears to be uh, a picture from the gospel parable of the blind leading the blind. So I hope, I did not choose that picture. I hope that it was not chosen because the person who organized this webinar thought that Father Norbert speaking about doing God's will is like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> but I do think that the meaning of that picture it could be that very often, instead of letting God's will be the determining guide for our lives, we allow our own will to take the place of God's will. And that is when the blind start to lead the blind. I am blind and if I'm leading my own life apart from God's will, then it truly is blind leading blind. Now, uh, we're gonna speak in general about knowing God's will, doing God's will, and the questions that we uh, posted ahead of time, we'll, uh, attempt to address them. It's a very broad and a very deep topic. Uh, what we're saying can apply to big questions. It can also apply to smaller questions in life. What we're saying could also apply, for example, to somebody who's discerning a vocation to the priesthood and religious life, although that's not the, the focus of our webinar today. However, any of you out there with questions regarding that topic, Father Ambrose is going to be back for the questions, and he is our formation director, and he helps countless dozens of young men to discern God's will for them. So he will be a, an expert in that area. A few general things. The, the, the biggest question that was uh, posted for the webinar, is it my will or God's will that is guiding the course of my life? And 
Uh, first thing I want to say about this webinar is this is not Dr. Laura's show. Uh, this is not Father Norbert telling you what God's will is for you in this particular dilemma that you are facing. No, this is God inviting you and me to live more and more in a way that makes us open to knowing, loving, and doing his will. And we want to explore, how do we do that? What does that mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a very important question. We don't want our will to rule the day. And I like to start with a joke. So you probably know about the little boy who heard a sermon in church, ask and you will receive. So he went home, got down on his knees, and he prayed for the bike of his dreams. But after a day or two, it did not come. And he was frustrated. So he got down again and prayed for the bike of his dreams and waited a day or two. It did not come. Finally, he was very frustrated. He went into his room and took the statue of the Virgin Mary that was on his chest of drawers. He took it down, wrapped it in a towel, put it in one of the drawers and closed the drawer shut. Then he got down on his knees and said, God, if you ever want to see your mother again, give me the bike. <laughs> well, that's an example of where I'm trying to, to control God and God's will. And we need to learn the opposite. Uh, humility, therefore, is important to mention at the outset. Humility is the starting point for all the virtues and all the good things on our spiritual journey. St. Augustine described pride as a mountain, a huge mountain that blocks or obscures the entrance to the harbor of a happy life. So that's just one thing we want to remember as we go through the webinar, that we need to develop an attitude and the virtue of humility. And of course, our Lord said, learn from me. So drawing closer to the Lord and asking him to give us a share of his humility will be really crucial in helping us to know and do and love God's will in our lives. Now, I also have a recommendation, uh, a little reading recommendation, I'm not gonna spend any time on it, but a book that changed my whole approach to God's will and living in conformity with God's will is St. Alphonsus Liguori, little tiny book, and it's available online. You can download the PDF. Uh, EWTN has it, Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori. If you Google in St. Alphonsus, Uniformity with God's Will, one of the first uh, hits is going to be the EWT, EWTN website. The whole text is there. It's about 40 pages. And St. Alphonsus is basically trying to make the case that if we live in conformity with God's will, we will be the happiest of people. So if that big question is important to you, or you want a pep talk 
on why is God's will and living God's will so important for me, I really recommend that book. And if you have trouble in difficult times when things are going your way, if you have trouble surrendering, I'm sorry, that's the S word. I'm sorry I said it out loud. If you have trouble with surrender, as most of us do when things are not going our way, this is a, an amazing meditation on surrender. And, and, and St. Alphonsus also mentions that one of the number one obstacles to living a life in uniformity and harmony with God's will is complaining. Things are not going my way. I don't like what's going on. No, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry with God. Why is he allowing this to happen? St. Alphonsus says we shouldn't be asking why we should be asking what is the reason that God is allowing this to happen? For example, why did this guy get elected president? What we should be asking is why would God allow this guy to be elected president? And God could give us a president whom we deserve because of our many and grievous sins, things like that. Anyways, it's just, it's a great little book. He doesn't talk about the presidential election. Then finally, uh, one little piece of natural wisdom that I got when I became a teacher for the first time in high school. By the way, uh, secondary education and air traffic control are the two most stressful uh, vocation supposedly in the United States of America. I was dumped into that with very little uh, preparation. So I asked a priest in the school there, if you had to give me one piece of advice for getting through this year, what would it be? And he said, I was surprised. Be yourself. Listen, as I get older, I realize that that's not trite or superficial. Very often we're trying to be somebody else, or we're making our decisions to please other people. But if we really want to be in harmony with God's will and know that it's God's, we've got to look into our own hearts and we have, to, each one of us is a fingerprint. There's nobody else like us. So God has a unique story and plan for me and for you. And so if we are constantly trying to please other people, uh, we may become very unhappy. Be yourself. Be genuine. That's so important. All right. Now, the, another one of the key questions that we placed on the post, the advertisement for the webinar, is it really possible to know God's will for me before making the big decisions in life? Can we always know God's will for us? especially in the big questions? Can we know it infallibly without the shadow of a doubt? No and yes. <laughs> these, are not, these are not easy questions. One thing we can say is that if you look at the, the people of scripture, if you look at the saints, it's very rare that any of them were given a, a, a stunning, miraculous revelation of God's will. And if they were, it's always presented as being extraordinary and miraculous. So most of us humble little people in this world are not gonna have 
a daily visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary telling us what to do next. And even if we did, she could be the evil one appearing to us in uh, the disguise of an angel of light. So we have to always be careful. We can know certain teachings of the church and the sacred scripture infallibly without any question. But when it comes to knowing God's will for my life, usually uh, a lot of faith is required. But there are many signs that we need to know and recognize, which will help to keep us on the right path. And that brings us to the next question uh, that we posted. What are the steps I can take? to ensure that I am acting in harmony with God's will. Now, I don't like the word steps and I wrote the question, so I'm gonna hit myself. It probably wasn't a good choice of, of word, but because when we think of steps, it's like, oh good. And now everybody who's a, a obsessive compulsive note taker has picked up their pen and they're right, gonna get ready to write the five steps. There are five, you're gonna love that too, okay? And they're gonna write number one. It's these are just, they're more like guides or phases or components of living in, in, in harmony with God's will and being able to read his God's, uh, God's will more efficiently, more effectively, uh, more faithfully. Uh, so they're not steps. It's not an easy five-step program. But at least there's not 12 steps in this program. So uh, we're going to get through these pretty quickly. Now, the first step and the most important step, and you could call it the umbrella step, be holy. Be holy. And some of you might be thinking, well, Father Norbert, obviously. No, no, that's not obvious for everybody. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in wondering what to do next, what does God want me to do next, what's the next step, to do, that we forget the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that God from all eternity knew me by name and had and has a dream for my life. And the end of that dream is that I become a saint, that I be a holy person. And so if we're really serious about knowing God's will, living it, doing it, acting in harmony with it, we've got to have a strong desire and focus to be holy, to become a saint. Uh, knowing the end of our journey gives perspective and context to what is happening. And that helps us to pick up better and read better God's will in all circumstances. One of the things that can help us to focus on holiness and becoming a saint is to read the lives of the saints. They inspire us. When I read the lives of the saints, I, I just, a fire burns in my heart. And let's be careful, of course. The saints are always for our inspiration not always for our imitation. We can't all be like Saint so-and-so in everything. We can't all be like Saint Rose of Lima, whose parents did not want her to become a nun, 
So she was very beautiful. And in order to tone down uh, the beauty of her face, she rubbed salt and other harsh chemicals into her face and uh, took away much of her beauty. That's not for our imitation. That's for our inspiration. She loved God so much she would do that. So the question for me is, if I love God so much, what can I do for him? How can I become a saint? So that's very important. That's perspective. And speaking of perspective brings us to the second step. The second step is remember your true home. This is a big uh, it's a big thing for me. I'm, I'm getting closer to the true homeland for which I was made. And when I was in, a novice at 18 and Abbot Parker in the Navisha classes would say, uh, every day think of your death and think of heaven and remember why you were put here. I would, it would just go in one ear, out the other. But later on, as things developed, I realized more and more that I was not made for this world. And yet in so many ways, I have dug into this world as if it is the end or the real thing or the only thing. So we need to put on our supernatural glasses and seeing life with a supernatural perspective and, and heaven, the light of heaven is what guides a supernatural perspective, thinking of our homeland what we were made for, where we're going, that is going to be huge in helping us act in harmony with God's will each step of the way. Uh, St. Augustine, our Holy Father St. Augustine loved to talk about heaven. He said in the city of God, he has two quotes. I use them every day when I'm making my communion thanksgiving because when I receive our Lord in Holy Communion, it's a foretaste of heaven. So I want to think about heaven. That's, that's already in my heart. The seed is already there. Heaven is already there. I just received the Holy Eucharist. And one of those quotes from the city of God is, we must fly to our beloved homeland. There the Father is, and there is everything. So we have to, we have to learn to fly, to lift up above all the chaos and confusion here and try to, to go up. Uh, very important if we are going to learn to read God's will, because we're talking about God's will. If I wanna stay with my feet planted firmly on the ground at all times, I'm gonna do my will. But if I fly, if I let my heart lift up, sursum corda, lift up your hearts, to the things that are above, I'm going to be much more clear-headed in being able to see God's will. The other quote, which is the closing line of the city of God, he speaks of heaven, there we shall rest and see. That's where we'll have the, the true, the perfect supernatural vision. There we shall rest and see, see, and love, love and praise. This is what shall be in the end without end. For, he says, 
what else is our end but to reach that kingdom which has no end. So let's be heaven bent. If we want to know God's will and do God's will, we have to, we have to be longing for our heavenly homeland. That brings us to the third step. Uh, and with the third step, I'm going to draw in another one of our webinar posted questions. How can I make sure I am plugged into God's will for me? Now, this is not the fun question. It's fun to talk about becoming a saint, thinking of our heavenly homeland. The third step is live the commandments. And we're talking about the commandments of God and the commandments of his church. And all of a sudden you might think, well, this just took a nasty turn. We're talking about all these beautiful things and now live the commandments. Let's remember the words of our Lord, our dear Lord in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Every time St. Teresa was asked by somebody, how can I know if I'm really praying? If this is really prayer from God? She said, it's simple. Are you living the commandments and are you growing in your ability to keep the commandments? If so, keep moving forward. You're on the right track. It's so important for us. And where do we find the sources, those guides that, that are like a concrete signpost for us along the way? Scripture, church teaching, human reason, especially when it's well-formed, and we need to work on that. The appropriate situation or circumstances very often tell us something. And conscience, that innate uh, pole, so to speak, or compass that God has placed in each one of us, it can become deformed. That's why we need the first ones, the scripture, the teaching of the church, etc. But all of those things are ways in which we, we can take stock and, and get a reality check. Nothing that is against God's commandments could be in accord with his will. That's not possible. And so when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I I want to live this lifestyle, but I still want to be a good Catholic. And that lifestyle that they're de describing is not in harmony with God's commandments. I, I have to tell them that can't be God's will. God wants you to be happy. And think of the Ten Commandments, for example, as the user's guide to a happy life written by the maker of the product. The Ten Commandments are not something that God's holding over our head. The Ten Commandments are beautiful uh, guidelines to us on finding the way to live God's will and be happy. If we live them, we know that. As you get older, you know that. If, I'm, if I've really worked and struggled and focused on becoming uh, a man or a woman who loves the commandments of God in his church, it only gets better. It only gets happier. There were a lot of struggles along the way. And guess what? There will be a few more for each one of us. St. Augustine's famous comment here uh, comes to mind. Love and do what you will. Love God and do whatever you want. In other words, if I am... 
if I am seeking to do God's will and love God by keeping his commandments, I'm going to know. I'm, I'm going to, it's going to become more and more natural to me what God wants me to do. What's the next step? It's not going to be such a trial, but we can't skip this step. And I put it in the middle because it really is at the heart of a lot of this. All right. Uh, the fourth step is pray as a way. Now, that's a little bit of a, a ditty. Pray as a way. Because I, I don't want you to think I'm telling you, if you want to know God's will, get down on your knees and pray. God, what's your will? Tell me what your will is. I never pray like that. I do pray every day, many times. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know God's will half the time, but God knows his will. It's clear in heaven, it's just cloudy on earth. So I need to bridge the gap and I want God to bridge that gap for me. Lord, in other words, when I pray the Lord's prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, I'm asking that God's will be done. And and so what I want to discourage us from doing is to pray mainly or only when we need to find out what we want God to tell us. If we want to know what God wants, if we want to know God's will, the best way to pray is to pray as a way of life. To, to really pray Every day, even if I don't have any question in my mind, I pray because that, that way I prepare my heart to know God's will better and to read it so that I don't have to ask that question as often as I used to. Uh, along that line, uh, when we pray, we draw close to the heart of Christ. Remember John at the Last Supper. He placed his head on the, the heart of our Lord. What a beautiful moment. That, that's an image of our prayer. And so if when we are praying, we're not trying to get answers and we're not thinking a lot of things, but we're just placing our head on the heart of Christ and listening and drinking in deeply his love, just think how closely we're going to come to know God's will because the will of God beats in the heart of his son, Jesus. And if I put my head on that heart, I'm drawing close to the will of God and to knowing it from, from close up intimately. All right, coming to the end. Oh, by the way, one quote from St. Augustine. You, sometimes we think we have to do all these prayers. We have to say all these prayers. We have all kinds of exercises. No, no, no. We can pray even on days when we can't fit in our favorite spiritual exercises, uh, we can still pray, says St. Augustine, by ceaselessly desiring God. And this is the quote that we heard in the Office of Readings. We, we gather seven times a day to sing the praises of God in choir at St. Michael's Abbey. That's why the new Abbey Church, which we're about to move into, which was in danger of being burned to the ground a couple of weeks ago. The fire came so close that uh, if you look at the pictures, it's stunning. It's a, it's a miracle. 
but we pray there seven times a day and we, uh, we, we fan the flame of our desire for God. And in the Office of Readings on Friday of the third week of Advent, we heard Augustine say, there is an interior kind of prayer without ceasing, namely the desire of the heart. Whatever else you may be doing, if you just fix your desire on God's Sabbath rest, your prayer will be ceaseless. Therefore, if you wish to pray without ceasing, do not cease to desire. It's pretty simple, but it's, it's a challenge. Finally, the last, the last step, which also calls to mind the, the other key question that we posted on the web, how do I know what God's will is in any given circumstance, great or small? How do I know? Do, how do I know that I take this step? The fifth step is seek peace. Seek peace. Now, we know that our Lord tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, you will know them by their fruits. That also applies to our decisions. And we learn uh, uh, over the journey of life from making sometimes bad choices we learn what it means to lose our peace. I'm not talking about superficial feelings of peace. I'm talking about that peace that is deep, deep down. St. Paul calls it one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Seek that peace. In other words, when I look at all the things that are pressing me about this decision, can I say that deep, deep down, Underneath any of the turmoil and the agony and the fears and anxieties, can I say that deep, deep down, moving in this direction gives me peace. That, that is an amazing gift. And God wants to give us that gift. And we need to seek for that peace. When St. Norbert was thrown off his horse in 1115 on the day of his conversion, and then he woke up after laying on the ground for an hour and asked God, what do you want me to do? The first words that God spoke to him, seek peace. We have to seek that deep inner peace. And that's God's will. And doing God's will is what leads to that peace. And that peace is our happiness in this life and in the life to come. All right, I think I have covered everything I was going to cover. So now I'm going to ask Father Ambrose to come back and help me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Father Norbert. That You're was welcome. so inspiring and so edifying. And one of the one of the attendees here, we have almost 500 people with us right now wow. at this moment. One of them said that uh, it's bringing light. So you're bringing, you're the light bringer. Thanks so <laughs> thank you, Father Norbert. Um, I have some questions that that our our friends here have sent in, and uh, but just before I get to that, there's one very interesting uh, uh, question that just came in, and I think everybody here who was with us will find this edifying. Someone asking a very particular question, discerning a call to the religious life but a member of the immediate family is disabled. And, and this, this person, I presume a young person thinking, well, how can I give myself to religious life if I might need to care for my disabled sibling in the future? I just want to tell you, whoever you are out there, 
um, speak with the vocations director about that. The, the, the particularities of that are so important that we shouldn't answer your question here in this anonymous kind of a way, that it might be that your call to religious life is something you can fulfill and still have provision for your disabled family member. But that's something that some a priest uh, or a good religious sister or someone is going to have to help you with. Okay, that said, Father Norbert, first a general, a very general question. You mentioned uh, about this, um, I'm, my, well, my question is riffing on your uh, helpful idea to be yourself, be genuine. This is a movement in the direction of God's will is being thoroughly oneself. Where does intuition play into that? Mm. If we have kind of spiritual intuitions about situations or things, or just a sense about, oh, I should avoid that person, or I should spend more time with this person. Or, so intuition yeah. and being oneself. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good question. And to me, the key there is prayer. If I, if I immerse myself daily in a serious and generous drawing near to God, then uh, what could otherwise be a rather superficial intuition uh, deepens. And I can, I can see things more deeply and feel things more deeply. If, in other words, if I live on a superficial level uh, day to day, my intuition may be superficial and being yourself could be a superficial concept. So when I'm talking about be yourself, I'm saying be the, be the person God created you to be. Am I becoming a saint? So one of the questions you would ask about in a specific issue is, does this lead me closer to holiness in heaven? Does this in any way lead me away? By the way, that person who asked that question, the father, I, wanted, I just wanted to say uh, that's a great example of somebody who's asking the right questions. The fact that you asked that question about your disabled sibling, I have a, a really beloved disabled great nephew who is the love of our family. The fact that you asked that question is a sign. It's a good sign that you have the heart of a priest already. So, <laughs> and of course, if, we, if, you, if you do have a vocation, we know that God is going to take even better care of your disabled sibling, but it's just beautiful that you're asking that question because you're being yourself and you're not like isolating yourself from everything around you. You're living what's in your heart and you're throwing the questions out on the board that are coming from you, not questions you heard in a book somewhere. I don't know if I even, Father, no, you can no, add what you want. No, to that's add. great, Father, thank you. Um, I Very helpful about linking a life of prayer with what it means to be thoroughly ourself and then the intuition flows from that. So that's, I think that's a beautiful bit of, of advice from the heart of the priest. So thank you for that. Now, um, many questions about how failure in life fits into God's holy will and how I discern that. So, um, and there are a number of examples that people are giving. So, um, and a few quite, quite poignant ones for our friends out there. So one having to do with if I'm studying to, to follow, to, to uh, achieve a certain goal, a career goal, and I'm pouring myself into my studies because I want that job. But what if I don't get that job? How do I, what does that mean about God's will? That's one example for you there. Right, right. So failure or what my expectations not fulfilled and how is that a manifestation of God's will? Right. Listen, uh, I wanna recommend those of you who have questions like that, to definitely go look at St. Alphonsus's little book. That is so to that point. 
because St. Alphonsus basically tells us whatever happens, God has allowed, and therefore we want to try to read the why, and that's what you're doing here. But God doesn't, he doesn't lead us into a dead end ever. So what looks like failure to me, I didn't achieve this goal, is the opening of a door for God if we, if we allow him to show us his will for the next step. There's a lot of pain and failure, and I have had plenty of failures in my life. I will not detail them right now. Uh, and I can say that many of my failures were turning points in my life. And I didn't see it at the time very often. But looking back, I can say, are you kidding me? How could I have been so blind? And, and I thought I had it all figured out. Of course, God would rather let us have him all have it all figured out and that we plug into that. But at any rate, please do never be discouraged by failure because failure is, is not really failure. If I keep striving to love God, to do his will and to move forward, there's no such thing as failure. There's no such thing. It's, it's a non, read St. Alphonsus. It's very good. Thank you, Father Norbert. Um, okay, so when, uh, I guess this is getting a little bit back to that intuition and so much, so many of the questions are about how do I dive more deeply into prayer? How do I grow in these spiritual uh, virtues which help me to affect what you've been teaching us how to implement, Father Norbert? But one of them, um, what if I have thoughts of regret that should have, would have, could have right. with my life or right. with my right. state in life or with right. my marriage? Right. Um, what does that tell me about, about this place right now and God's will for me if I'm thinking I should have, would have, could have? Right. Well, should have, would have, could have. Our Lord said, if you put your hand to the plow and keep looking back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, whether that applies in, the, in these cases, I'm not sure, but there's a principle there. The more that we look back with questions, regrets at the past, the real focus should be now, at this moment, where am I? What can I do next? If I get bogged down in the past, I know exactly, I preach a sermon, then I go to my room, and I start to make my Thanksgiving communion, communion Thanksgiving, and all these thoughts start coming in. Well, you should have said this. And did you see the look on that guy's face? And you start questioning, well, maybe I shouldn't have. And did I go too long? And then the Lord says, Father Norbert, shut up. Let me talk. I want you to listen and love. You're going backwards. Move forward. Be present right now. And then move forward with hope. So whatever it is, and the, there's so many details, whatever it is, let's just not let failure ever uh, stop us or the fear that all these regrets of the past, the past, everything that's happened, read St. Alphonsus, everything that's happened has happened for a reason and it can be used as a stepping stone to move forward toward that holiness that we all want so badly. I, I had to just jump in for this. No, please do. I'm, I'm at the same time listening to Father Norbert and reading some beautiful questions and beautiful, poignant situations in people's lives. My goodness, friends from all over the world, there's someone even writing from Pakistan right now. Listen, I, I can't tell you how many people in our group of 
um, almost 470 friends right now together, right now in this moment, are speaking about their failed marriages, mm -hmm. their lack of interior peace, their broken, their brokenness right now. It's really, really moving. Let's pray for each other right now, everybody, okay? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we all have uh, so much desire in our heart to serve you and to love you and to come to know your holy will and to be saints. And we all find all of us an experience, a deep experience of the cross so often in our state in life, in, in our marriages, in our families, in our careers. And we really need your help, Lord, to restore peace when it's lost, to find light when there's darkness. And we ask that you pour out a super abundant, uh, generous helping of your Holy Spirit right now amongst all of our friends who are with us right now, praying right now, wanting to love you and wanting to do your holy will. Blessed Mother, be with us. Remember, O oh most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession and was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee do we come, before thee do we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer us. Amen. Okay, I just had to do that, friends, because it's really moving to see how much you pour yourself out when you're given the opportunity to just be with uh, friends where two or three are gathered in, in Christ's name, he's here with us, right? Absolutely. He's here with us. So, and we're here with you. Okay. Can I, I just want to say uh, one thing that came to mind as we were praying and to my uh, forgetful mind, I had intended to make a very strong point about seeking counsel. When things get really, really rough, for example, I'm facing a, a, a marriage uh, difficulty and the marriage is on the rocks, it's a good time to try to get counsel from someone who I know loves God, knows the teaching of the church, and is compassionate. I, I, can, I can tell you, I have a friend, she says to me this day, this was 30 years ago, thank you, Father Norbert, for the day that I came to you and poured out my heart, and you said, get out of that marriage now before it's too late. I would, I would never say that lightly under any circumstances. But in other words, sometimes we have to recognize that it's really tough and it's good to get the take of somebody who knows the teaching of the church, has a compassionate heart, because in heaven, there's going to be a lot of surprises. What, what the neighbors think they see, <laughs> they always say that, that that one house on the street where they have the perfect family and all the girls are wearing their chapel veils, getting in the car and heading to church, and so that that's where the most dysfunction is lurking, possibly. But the point is, we never know. So get seek bene consultare is the old Latin uh, advice. It's good to seek counsel in the big decisions of life. That also, of course, includes priest uh, discussions about the priesthood. Yes. Okay, so we do have some of those kind of vocational questions, not just about state and life, but, you know, a couple in their 80s who want to serve God and their strength is waning. What, wh where can they find a new way of serving God? Or, or people who um, want, maybe, maybe not in their 80s, maybe middle-aged, who 
have this intuition that maybe it's time for a change in career path or things like that. The, when we're changing tracks in life, either because of our circumstances or because of our desires, maybe how we can uh, uh, utilize your, your program, your five-step your five, uh, program in your father-mother. Any thoughts about that? Well, for the elderly, I feel like I'm 80, okay? I'm not yet, but I'm getting Don't let it. It's just not true. <laughs> I You've feel got like 20 I'm, more years. But one thing that I, I know that my life is simplifying and that I, I, have more, I have more of a focus on prayer in my old age. And I meet a lot of elderly people that ask the question, you know, we're, we're kind of bored. Are we this or that? Or what do we do? So what, one question would be, what can we do to, uh, for our spiritual life in the home together? Uh, could we uh, join a Bible study? Could we uh, make a holy hour in the church if that's even open? I mean, in other words, I think, to be honest, I think God loves his elderly children. I think he loves the simplicity. I think an, uh, a, a man and a wife that are in their 80s don't need to be chit-chatting all day long because they've said it all over the years. There's a lot more quiet and depth and, and that's needed in the world. Uh, also offer your, if you have aches and pains and, and sufferings and sicknesses, offer that uh, for the young because they need it badly. Bishop Sheen used to say to anybody who was suffering, don't waste it. So offer that up beautifully, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I give you my heart and my soul, all of my sufferings. I offer it for, those young people who are struggling most today, wherever, whoever they are. What was the other? I don't remember what the other one. <laughs> That's okay. It's difficult to multitask too. I'm, I'm following all these many, many questions pouring in, friends, uh, which is a good reminder that we're recording this and we will send you a link to uh, how you can um, share this with friends or maybe if you want to dip back in, someone asked about the quotation from St. Augustine in step four, you can rewind and find that place, that very place, and, and, and get all of that information, that helpful information for you again. Okay, so um, let's see, Father, maybe um, we can wrap up with a few more, just maybe one more question, and, uh, and, then, and then maybe some further just kind of concluding business. Um, so many helpful suggestions here, Father Norbert, about, about uh, utilizing prayer uh, following the, the teachings of the church and, and the commandments and um, basically being faithful, being faithful Catholic Christians. Um, if you had to give our friends uh, one piece of Christmas advice, maybe in this, these current times, you know, very, very difficult, challenging situation in the world. Christmas is going to be difficult for a lot of people. Maybe um, what... Uh, concrete step here in the next week to help all of us to uh, maybe launch a little bit more closely into that heart of Jesus like John on the, on the lying there on our, on our Lord's heart, just maybe from your own wisdom here, Father Norbert. I have a, I have, I have a little baby Jesus in my room all year round, but uh, I'll put up a candle for Christmas season, but I, I love to stop there. He's by the door of my room and I love to stop and pray the hail and blessed. Uh, that little uh, St. Andrew's Novena prayer, which looks forward to the hour in which Jesus was born. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment 
in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his Blessed Mother. That little prayer encapsulates all my hopes. I pray it every day of the year, at least once, but 15 times a day during Advent, because that's the old tradition. And I guess what I'm saying is, draw close to the manger. Already in the, the office, the divine office, we say the light is already shining in the manger. Look at the little child. We complicate our lives so much, and Jesus is a child. He's a little baby for us. The word became flesh, and we can touch him and hold him and love him. So draw near to him. And I hate to say this out loud in front of Father Ambrose and the director of uh, all this stuff here, but uh, there's so many questions about prayer. I hope we'll do a future webinar on prayer. And for that, I would be willing to help. Uh, I'm not anxious <laughs> to do these webinars, <clears throat> which take a lot of energy, but that's one that I could get excited about. Uh, but yeah, just really, to, I, can't, I always tell the seminarians, I say it over and over again, pray, and keep moving forward. Pray and look forward. Hope, heaven is on the horizon. Just pray and keep moving forward and touch the baby Jesus. Touch him. <laughs> Thank you, Father Norbert. Praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Christmas is coming. So uh, just concluding business, friends, if, you're, uh, if you've liked what you found here, if you're new to us and you, and you want to know more about St. Michael's Abbey, uh, please look at our website, stmichaelsabbey.com. We have a, a program of uh, a kind of digital library called the Abbott Circle. It's a way that you can support us, but it's also a way that you can benefit from much of this kind of wisdom from Father Norbert and many, many other. There are over 50 priests here in our monastery, 35 young men studying for the priesthood, seven of whom will be vested in the beautiful white habit of our order on Christmas Eve day. And already we've accepted six more postulants for next year. We're growing and growing and growing. We're moving into a new monastery in these very weeks. And so God is pouring out his blessings upon us, which means that we want to pour out those blessings upon you. And you can find a lot more, informa I mean, a lot more information about that on our website. So we will send you the link to this webinar. You can share it with your friends. So please do support us. Please do spread the good word about God's goodness through St. Michael's Abbey. Please rejoice in our 900th anniversary with us. And we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Father Norbert, can you close with prayer, please? Yes, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Loving God, grant us always the light and wisdom and warmth of your Holy Spirit to guide our hearts that we may know your will for us in all things, and most especially grant us the grace, the courage, and the love to do it and to live it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. We'll see you again soon. God bless Merry you. Christmas Merry Christmas to all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.